Well, hello there and welcome to the Speak Up with Laura Camacho podcast. This is your host, Laura Camacho. I'm super happy to have you here today. You are in for such a treat. This is episode number 196. And if you're paying attention, you saw that episode 195 also is coming out on the same day. And that episode is with Angela Foster of Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and she is a executive women's coach as far as clothing is concerned. But I said, if I'm going to talk to Angela about women's clothes, I need an expert on guys' clothes, on men's professional attire, executive wardrobe. And that is dang hard to find, guys. This is quite challenging. But the wonderful Deanna, who found me someone in Dallas, Texas, his name is Dwayne Williams, and he is a style coach. He worked as a stylist, I think, like all his life. He worked with Dillard's and at Nordstrom's and his own business in helping men to style, you know, for special occasions or keynote speeches job interviews, all hands, conference speaking, you know, the occasions where it really, it matters. And what I learned from Angela Foster in our last episode, which was for women, but what I'm about to share with you applies to everyone. And the bottom line is people who dress better make more money. And what she said it was, I think it was more of a differential with men. I don't remember that for sure. We'll see if Dwayne has any insight on that, but it's just fascinating. And then what does it even mean to dress well in 2023? So before I bring on Dwayne, I want to remind you that this episode is brought to you by the super valuable, the practical guide to effective communication, chapter 11, just buy it for that chapter. I mean, there's other chapters on the meetings, the emotional intelligence, the presentations, the difficult conversations, like you have a chapter for each situation. But chapter 11, I've been told, is the most helpful. It's about developing your point of view so that you stop being just an order taker and you become a leader. So the practical guide to effective communication, get recognized for the value you already contribute. It's available in paperback and in PDF version on Amazon, or I can send it to you if you want to send me some money. So that is our sponsor. That's how this is free. Go buy the book. And if you're not going to buy the book because you don't like to read, for heaven's sakes, leave a review on this podcast. I keep forgetting to ask you to do that, but that is very important to keep our rankings. Remember, this is internationally ranked in the top communication skills podcast but please leave a five-star review i mean you're getting amazing suggestions creative ideas and they're all free so you're welcome one more thing before i bring on Dwayne. this was so funny so the day that i recorded the conversation with angela and i mentioned this in the episode that she looked so good and her backdrop was so good that was the one time i wish that we were sharing the video but we're not but on my calendar and my phone, you know, we all check our phone calendar. And I just saw that I had a podcast interview. I didn't realize until she showed up that it was with this stylist. And I'm usually dressing, I think, pretty okay. But this was the Wednesday after the 4th of July holiday. And I was, you know, just a little bit more relaxed than usual. And I was 
<laughs> people who dress better wear money message i was like i actually changed my shirt that i had on i just felt like oh i'm not bringing my a game today as far as what i was wearing so i changed it anyway all right now i'm gonna bring you Dwayne williams so Dwayne. Dwayne in Dallas, we're happy to see you, and I wish our audience could see you when I interview these stylists, man, like, you guys bring it. <laughs> so let me just describe for the audience what I'm seeing. Dwayne is, of course, very attractive as our listeners. We tend to get this very good-looking audience. He's got a nice straw hat, nice glasses, like a vest with a lapel and a tie. Tie is dark blue, and the vest is blue and gray, and the shirt is light blue. He's looking very dapper. Sorry you can't see it, but there's your radio, your theater of the mind description. <laughs> Dwayne, how the heck did you become a stylist for men? Well, I was influenced early on by my father. My father was a tailor. He owned a number of dry cleaners back east, and he always instilled in us to present ourselves well. Even when I was in elementary school, I would go to school for picture day in a suit and tie. Oh, that cool. <laughs> that influenced me early on, and I just wanted to pursue it growing up. He just taught us so much about the industry and clothing and appreciating fabric. We learned how to tie a bow tie at an early age. It's just so many things that was instilled in me as a young guy looking at my father's style, and he dressed very well. He was always dressing for the occasion, whether it was church or he had a business meeting, he would always dress impeccably and he'd pay attention to the details. So I always wanted a career somewhere surrounding myself in fashion, but getting out of college, working for the Food and Drug Administration there for a period of two, three years on a contract I just wasn't happy with that lifestyle and it wasn't me. And I always felt like wearing different styles and outfits for different occasions. That was always interesting to me. So I wanted to pursue that at a deeper level, started working corporately for a couple of companies, Nordstrom, Dillard, different companies that were all in men's fashion. Worked my way up from the sales floor through management into the buying office. And that's when I really started to look at fashion differently when I was addressing a community of men. And that made me consider a large group of guys instead of just dressing myself. And that's when, <laughs> the, challenge, you know, that's when the challenge really came. Well, I mean, there's the challenge of helping a person to get better at some skill, dressing well, in your case, in my case, communicating better. But the more important sell or communication task is getting people to care, right? And Dwayne, it seems to me, anybody who gets to know me, at some point is going to hear me rant about people wearing pajamas on airplanes. Like, <laughs> it seems to me like the dress is just getting worse. So am I right? It's a tide turning. And I'll just give one quick example. When my son was in the Peace Corps in Lesotho, which is a little kingdom inside South Africa, super poor country, but people there, like, they dressed up at the bank. Men were wearing suits. Women were either wearing native dresses or Western dresses, but people dressed up. And, wow. you know, here we are, like, oh, I don't want to get out of my leggings. So... 
what is the state of the dress in America? Like, why is it so bad? And do you think it's getting better? Well, I think since post-COVID, Laura, that we were all confined to our homes. We didn't have to go anywhere. I think it was forcing us to be more comfortable and casual as well, um, because we didn't have any place to go particularly. And I think we got comfortable in that now that things have been open for several years now since COVID. We're comfortable in the fact that we were comfortable in our dress. And I think it's getting better because what I'm seeing in the industry, I'm seeing the silhouettes change. Although it's still comfortable, Uh I think we're experiencing better silhouettes for that comfort. Okay, so what does that mean, Dwayne? For example, if guys previously were wearing sports coats before the pandemic and the sport coats were more structured, fully lined, they had shoulder pads in them, the lapels were much more structured. Now what we're seeing is softer sports coats, no padding in the shoulder, no lining at all. If lined at all, it's really at the top of the shoulders, maybe a quarter line jacket, something more breathable in a more knitted fabric versus something more formal and woven. So that's what we're seeing. So it's getting better as guys learn how to adopt these styles and also learn how to put these styles together with complete outfits. A lot of guys aren't knowing how to utilize some of these softer silhouettes I spoke about in their daily dress. So that's leaving them in a state of confusion, and they're not really understanding how to demonstrate that comfort in a professional way when they go out for business meetings, et cetera. Okay, so what I'm taking away is that It's not a straight jacket anymore. No. You can be comfortable and look good. And my feeling is, hey, it's an opportunity. Because if everybody is dressing mediocre and you just dress a little bit better, then you have an opportunity to stand out. And for an introvert that's having your clothing speak a little bit for you, can you share some examples of how in real life upping your sartorial game has had career impact on a person? Absolutely. I deal with clients on a daily basis where they come to me and they look for ways to allow their personality to shine, remain who they are, introverted or extroverted. And they also want to be a step above their peers in the sense of being noticed and being able to go to the next level. So what they can actually implement are things that are better suited for their body type their age, dressing age appropriately, and dressing for the position that they want to be in versus the position that they're currently in. Oh, yeah. But on the age appropriateness, I'm not a male fashion stylist, but I'm so sick of seeing 50-year-old men dressing like four-year-olds. I mean, absolutely. come on, be comfortable, but (laughs) you got it. You don't need to dress like you're future grandchildren, but that's just me. So I, no, no, that's me too. I'm right with you, Laura. (laughs) Okay. All right, audience. So I know you were thinking, thank heaven. I know about this podcast and I'm able to listen to this wisdom. And what you don't know is that for this particular episode, I actually have real questions from real men, normal guys, architect, naval officer, violinist, 
business executive. Nobody's on let the runway or that kind of show. I have nine or 10 specific questions, but I know that you can give us some general orientation. Like if men listening or wives and partners of men want to help their man dress better, what's a starting point? The starting point is in the closet. Traditionally, people have always thought when it's time to dress better, I need to go to my favorite retailer, the store that I'm most comfortable in. Professionally speaking, that is not the place to start. You start in your closet with what you have, what you already own, what you already feel comfortable in, what you already get comfortable receiving compliments on. These are things that already have your confidence laced in them. So once you start there, you have a better chance of being able to dress the way you always dreamed of going forward. Oh, that is so interesting and counterintuitive. Exactly. So we don't have to go on this major shopping spree. No. Darn. Yeah, <laughs> okay. I, I wouldn't advise that. <laughs> Probably every single person listening has too many clothes anyway. So what is this about incorporating personality? How does that work? Well, for example, I'm not a big fan of wearing a lot of belts. So what I do is, I get my trousers made, and instead of belts, I like to do side tabs where they buckle and they're adjustable. So as I fluctuate in size, I can easily adjust them, and I don't have a belt, which I'm only 5'5", five five, so I don't like to cut off myself halfway. Oh, right. So I, like, I wear belts when I have to, but most of the time you'll see that I don't wear belts because I don't like cutting myself off halfway. I just like a nice streamlined look and it looks so much nicer and cleaner when you just go that extra step and adhere to your personality. Listen to your personality. Don't allow fashion to dictate what you are mainly against. You don't really feel that way about belts, then figure out another solution. Get expert advice and figure out a different solution in the sense of wearing jackets. Maybe guys feel as though they can't wear a lot of sports coats or jackets or things like that. So opt for a vest instead. You know, you can wear a fun vest, maybe something with a satin back with a little whimsical pattern in it. For example, I'm wearing a hat today. I like hats. I have straw hats. I have felt hats, fedoras. Different hats will allow you to express your personality, just like any other accessory. So look for things far as accessories that allow you to express yourself, express your personality. Start there and build around it. Right. So something that attracts you that you think is cool and just go for it like that. Yes, absolutely. There is a study that someone shared with me about a picture of 10 different men in tuxedos. And one had a red bow tie. And in the study, everybody assumed the guy with the red bow tie was the leader. There you go. I think having the confidence to, you're not going to wear a clown suit, but just a little accessory to spiff things up. I love that. Have you heard of Charleston as a men's fashion destination? We have several upscale men's boutiques in downtown, but I don't know. Has that, yeah. Have you heard about that? Yes, I have. And I've had a couple of colleagues that work in the fashion community. And I feel that Charleston is a leader in men's fashion because of the Southern Bells. They have to match their women. 
the women lead the way and yes. they go to church in their Sunday's best. They have nice dresses, great fabrics with a company hats. They have these beautiful ornate patterns in their clothing and they have these beautiful hats. And if a guy is standing side by side, a Southern belle, he has to bring his A game because she's dressed to the nines. So he has to match. They have to look like they're going to the same church gathering. That is awesome. I love that. Yes. Uh, the women are leading the way. I love that so much. So everybody listening, you can come to Charleston. You can call Dwayne, get some help and get some, maybe a few little pieces and have some communication coaching. And when you leave, you'll be ready to be president of something. So (laughs) tip there. All right. So I want to make sure we get into our listener questions. And, you know, we don't have a live Q&A, but I polled some people close to me. So the first question was, Dwayne, how do you dress well in heat? We have sauna summer in Charleston right now going on. Mm -hmm. We have it here in Dallas as well, Laura. The way you dress in these extreme temperatures is to opt for fabrics like linen, lightweight linens, lightweight cottons, even if it's a linen blend. You can also do some worsted wools, but they have to be really lightweight. You're talking Super 130, Super 150, something real fine. But make sure the jacket is unlined. If you're buying a suit, make sure it is lightly lined. And then make sure that the fabric weight is very light as well. And you can literally wear that in 100 degree temperatures and not sweat. People feel as though wool is heavy and linen is heavy as well in some instances. But if you buy the right linen and buy the right wool, you'll feel like you're wearing pajamas and it's very lightweight and it blocks the sun from you. And since it's an organic fabric, it'll allow you to have that airflow because uh, organic fabric breathes, not like okay. the synthetic fabrics, polyesters, et cetera. So opt for lighter weight fabrics and make sure that they're organic fabrics. There you go. So it's about the fabric choices. All right. Another one at question is, of course, this is, I think, also going for, I need to go shopping, Dwayne. <laughs> <laughs> but two people wanted to know about, do you recommend certain brands as far as quality for the money? Designer brands are usually going to bring a step above in quality, but it matters what your body type is and understanding your body type before you match yourself with a designer. Uh, Because certain designers cut certain ways. So you have designers like Hugo Boss, Ted Baker of London. These guys cut more trimmer, more slimmer silhouettes. So if you're not a slimmer guy, you don't need to try to push yourself into getting into a Ted Baker or Hugo Boss brand. Maybe you opt for something more traditional like in Peter Millar or Hart Schaffner or a more U.S. cut type of suit or sports coat. These designers will have that great quality that you need, but it'll also complement your body type more. So you feel better about yourself when you're wearing these fabrics because they drape on you properly because they're designed more for your body type. I didn't know that certain brands to, that are made for different body types. So that's something to keep in mind. Then once you learn that, you can just rinse and repeat. What about, do you recommend thrift shopping? 
Oh, yeah, most definitely. But in thrift shopping, it's important to know what you're looking for. Know your wardrobe enough to know what you're filling into your wardrobe because you want to buy thrift things that complement your personal style. If you buy things that you just have an affinity for, you just grab it and you take it back. It's something that I call tearing up your closet. So you bring an item back. Maybe it's a nice high-end designer item that you found at a thrift store for a great price, but you bring it back and you try to wear it with something and match it with an outfit and it completely destroys your closet because it goes with nothing in your closet. Reason being is you never set your closet up for that item. So when thrifting, make sure you're still in line with your personal style and don't get outside of it even though the price may be really attractive. You did say the first step in upping the level of your style is to look at your closet. So is there some kind of inventory check that like you need to have five pairs of pants and one suit or three white shirts? Is there some kind of formula for that? There is. And I've created a closet consult that allows any gentleman to go through their closet and understand their closet from a percentage perspective. It allows them to set up a wardrobe based off of the percentages of things that they wear in their lifestyle. So let's say, for example, a person dresses more business casually at work, then 60% of his wardrobe should be business casual. Okay. And then he should follow with some contemporary outfits to go out to dinner with the wife or the girlfriend. And then he needs to also have a low percentage, I'd say about 10% so of athletic wear, athleisure wear, we call it, to just lounge around, go to soccer games with the kids and things of that nature. And then he needs to reserve at least 5% to go to upscale events, things like black tie events. If you're going to a fundraiser, or a gala, something of that nature, you'll need that reserve for the black tie about 5% because most people don't go to those events often. But your wardrobe should be broken down in percentages according to your lifestyle. I love that. And that sounds like a very logical way to look at your wardrobe, which is probably good. All right, another question. Question number three, thoughts on a bow tie versus a regular tie? It's more about personality with that, Laura. If you feel the need to wear a bow tie, I would say at least opt for a tie-yourself bow tie versus a pre-tied bow tie. It'll just give you more personality. You'll get more confidence in wearing it because you have that nice, strong bow with the dimples in the side. Bow tie versus long tie. If you're more of a taller gentleman, longer ties do look good on you. It's mainly your preference when it comes to one or the other. But make sure that they complement what you're wearing. I've seen so many bow ties done wrong to where they just want to wear a bow tie. It was kind of like in line with the whole bright colored socks fad that went down. So people would just wear whatever colored socks with whatever suit. And that's no longer the case. And that also follows suit for bow ties. Can you give us anything more specific, like how would somebody know that it's working or not working? Well, the colors and the patterns should complement one another versus compete. So if you have a really busy shirt that you're wearing, you probably want to opt for more of a solid bow tie or something with a pin dot in it. 
if you're wearing something more solid in your shirt, then you can go a little bit crazy with your bow tie and the pattern and more loud, that kind of thing. Gotcha. All right. So this is about managing perceptions because a lot of times in a negotiation, either for a salary or a job or a collaboration, you want to give the perception, hopefully it matches the reality of your competence. And so is it basically dressed for the role you want? What is your thought on dressing in terms of thinking about how you want to be perceived? I say study the environment that you're going into. Study it so well that you understand the hierarchy because you don't want to outdress the person interviewing you. Oh, that's a pro tip. Or if you come in too loud, they're going to think I'm hiring a problem instead of someone that fits into the culture. Now, the conversation may be he's coming to work dressed so loudly that everybody's now paying attention to what he's wearing versus doing their job. You don't want that. You want to come in to fit into the culture, but then use your personality for those accessories that I was talking about to stand out just enough to be noticed by your superiors. Very good. Very good. In other words, pay attention. <laughs> just go with something that will blend in and then add it maybe a little accessory. Yeah. Now, another question was about the essentials of a man's wardrobe. I think you addressed that with the percentage question. All right. Let's say that somebody from Charleston goes to live in Dallas, for example. Yeah. What are your thoughts on, you know, wanting to retain the Charleston look, which is a probably more preppy, I'm guessing, a little bit more Southern. It's not like moving to San Francisco. What are your thoughts on that? Is it better to just, when in Rome, do as the Romans do? Or is it better to retain your roots? I'd have to say both because you want to remain your authentic self. But at the same time, you want to pay homage to the environment that you're in. So pick out something that you see on a regular basis in that new environment. Maybe it's that these Charleston guys love wearing pocket squares. Mm -hmm. And you're here in Dallas and you are not accustomed to wearing pocket squares. So maybe you start with wearing a more toned down pocket square or something like a nice white linen pocket square that's straightforward, across the top, nothing extravagant. And you start there, but you acclimate yourself into the society and you don't really want to come in too hot, so to speak, and just look like you're trying to be something you're not. You want to stay true to yourself. Okay. And would you say that somebody that works in the more artistic industries like music, advertising, architecture, those people can have more freedom to be creative in the way they dress, but they're also in business, so they don't want to be too weird, right? So Absolutely, yes. I think that guys in that realm of creative industry, they need to express their personality, but still stay within the confines of the professional side of the industry. It doesn't give them permission to just run amok and just throw on anything and say, hey, I'm a creative I get to do this. You can express parts of your creative personality, but still remain a professional and get the respect from your peers. 
So you're probably not going to wear a hot pink Speedo to that. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, right. Well, yeah, maybe you wear a nice pocket square or you wear some nice whimsical socks, but everything else still needs to be intact. Nice lace-up shoes or loafers. They need to be polished. Still need to wear some nice trousers that fit. Everything needs to fit well. Tailored clothing. Okay. Still, mm-hmm. You don't need to be slouchy or baggy or all out of whack with your fit. Your fit needs to stay on point. You can wear color, but keep it within the industry and keep it traditional. Okay. Two questions that I'm going to combine here. One is buying what you like versus buying what already goes with what you own. And then how to avoid the same colors and styles. I think it's those two questions are coming from the same place. Like I know a man who feels like he's always wearing a blue shirt and mm. khaki pants. <laughs> is that a style? What? I think you address that on your website, right? Yes, I did. Many of us get caught in the style rut because it's just so comfortable. It's so easy. I would just look into pushing yourself. And that's what I do for my clients. I push them just a little bit on certain pieces of their wardrobe without changing what they're comfortable with. But I will challenge them to take it a step further in certain areas of their wardrobe that will give them a positive result but they would just have to get accustomed to trying it Mm -hmm. and then make it a part of their daily lifestyle. I also remember seeing on your website about the signature look. So is the signature look is like going with that kind of a uniform, but that it uniquely reflects not only your personality, but your profession. And like you said, your age, if you're not 12, don't dress like a 12 year old. (laughs) Absolutely. You coined it perfectly. You have to dress age appropriate according to your body style and your personality. And once you get those three things in alignment, then you have a signature look. And then you can reproduce that in your wardrobe, whether it's casually, semi-casually, formally. You'll still have that same tone of signature look going across all those different styles because it will reflect who you are and it's authentic to you. And you don't have to worry about being outside of that. You have a personal style that reflects you. And it's easy to get back into each and every time without falling into a style rut. Because then you can just look for things when you're shopping and you automatically know that fits my personal style. That's a part of my signature look. That will add to what I already have. That's what the building of a wardrobe is all about. You're building on that signature look. So how do you help a client develop that signature look? We start with what I call fashion basics after getting outside of what they currently have and feel good about in their closet. Then we develop these fashion basics that they're comfortable with, that they know that they can reach to at all times. But then as icing on the cake, we add a couple of fashion pieces that make them feel like mood changing good. When I wear this, My wife looks at me differently. I don't wear it every day. This is the icing on the cake. So I can just add in these type of things. And then people start to recognize me for those because we're all building a brand. Right. We're building a brand. So some people do it with colored glasses. Some people do it with scarves and ties and pocket squares. You can do these things 
to where as people continuously see you on a regular basis, then they'll come to know your particular signature look, your brand. Awesome. Wow. Well, this has been like a PhD in men's style. So you're welcome, everybody listening. So much wisdom and practical tips here. Unfortunately, we're running out of time, as always happens with the most interesting people. So, Dwayne, is there anything that I haven't asked you that you're thinking your listeners need to know this thing? What are the final thoughts on men dressing today? Final thoughts is my slogan style for every man. Any man can dress better. Any man can level their style up. You just have to be willing to and open to the information that you receive. I'm always available. This is a personal journey. So it's not a one size fits all situation. So if you're looking to get this from Pinterest, or if you're looking to get this from a one-off style session from a stylist that dress people for events, you're going to disappoint yourself. Make an investment for time, effort, and some money because the money that you'll spend will be spent in the proper direction versus you having to buy all these items that you don't need. And now you need to take them back and return them. And now you're wasting more time to save yourself time, energy, and money. Invest in having a good style coach, somebody that knows you as a person, knows your lifestyle and knows what your goals are and align your wardrobe with those things. I love it. Thank you so much. So you can up your game relatively easily and you get to call the shots. All right. Thank you, Dwayne Williams. This has been awesome. And you will have a link to Dwayne's website in the show notes. And we will see you on the next episode. As always, you're welcome. I bring you the best. Hope you took copious notes. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.